What up, everyone? Welcome back to another week of Living with Will. This week's episode is so fucking exciting. I can't wait to get into it. Um, just, you know, if you're liking the podcast, as always, please like, comment, and subscribe. It really helped me get to the next level. I'd really appreciate it. But this episode is something special. Um, me and Jack discussed blockchain technology, NFTs, Polkadot, Ethereum, uh, just the new age of technology in which I think everyone should be learning about and burst in. So I'm really excited to bring somebody on that really knows what they're talking about. And, um, you know, I don't want to speak too much about what we talk about. I want you guys to hear it. So if you're interested in blockchain technology, this is the episode for you. If you're interested in innovation, this is the episode for you. I'm really excited for you all to hear this. And as always, continued success and blessings to everyone who hears this. And welcome back to another week of Living with Will. Yo, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Where, where are you right now? Right now, I'm at my cousin's place in New Mexico. You got to get rid of those Red Bulls, homie. What do you mean? I need sponsorships. <laughs> is, that, is that for real? No, I mean, yes. What am I saying? Red Bull gives me wings. Um, yeah, exactly. so I, um, I was going to get some coffee just because I smoked a J a little earlier and I wanted to be like on my shit. But, um, right. but I just needed some quick energy. <laughs> coke isn't cutting it <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah let's get into it yeah so basically I what do you started, want to achieve what do you want to achieve with this episode what i want to achieve uh, a couple of things i want to you understand the blockchain and just the the idea better than i do so i want to be I, I like to inspire people by telling them about cool shit but i don't really know how to describe it well enough so i wanted you to kind of help me describe the basis of what the technology is uh just so people can understand it better but i also want to you know inform them with you know how these things work how it's not really yeah, people don't really understand it yet so people shouldn't jump into it they should do their due diligence and their research but i want to get them excited about it because i do think it is the future um and it's the present it's happening right now but i don't want people to be like i'm gonna go put my life savings into it today because it's like i think we're at a high so I just wanted to get someone that understood it better than myself. And obviously I couldn't think of anyone better than Mr. Platts himself. Cool, cool, man. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I'd love to, I'd love to answer those questions and, and like, you know, educate, educate the viewers. I'm going to smoke a little CBD joint while we do this. I'm happy for you to do that. <laughs> more placements. Make pre yeah, more placements. <laughs> <laughs> I right, well, first of all, dude, I want to thank you as I always do. Thank you so much for taking the time and, for, for fucking rocking with it. But uh, otherwise, man, I just, you know, I usually, with every artist and with every great mind that I bring on here, I started the same way. What kind of got you into the world of blockchain? What was your first kind of interaction and how did it happen? So my first interaction with blockchain was reading about it. In 2013, there was a, a bubble at the time, which is funny to say now, but a bubble from like 80 bucks a Bitcoin to like a thousand bucks. I think it was mm. one of the first times Bitcoin had like pierced the, the mainstream media uh, like window. And so I just saw it on maybe CNBC or some news website and started reading about it. Mm. And at first glance, I'd always been into um, the stock market. I had already always looked at um, investing. And so it piqued my interest from just purely an investment perspective. And then once right. I read more, I was like, Oh, this is this this might this this might be you know slightly different. This this is this is, and as I read more into it, it became 
clear that it wasn't just an investment, but it was like, it was a different way, a different like construction, just like a company is a construction, just like a, you know, a country is a construction. It was like a new, a new thing. Right. And, uh, and it was also really political. Like it was a political statement that was like, Hey, we, we're going to, we're going to create something out of uh, the system outside of the establishment. Uh, and, 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 you know, 2013, that was like four, four or five years into the Obama era. And like, so, you know, anti-establishment was, was very much on people's mind at that time. So, mm-hmm. um, being like a college kid, I was like, yeah, like let's, let's rebel. Let's check this out. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. I love that. Um, as an aside, I'm going to add this part out. Are you cool smoking inside? I just worry that the outside, the sound. Um, yeah. Um, it just, I, I have an editor who, who will help it, but I was just seeing if, I could get you. I could per- persuade you inside. Yeah, you can definitely persuade me. I'm, I'll do it for the do it for the pod. You're the man. I appreciate that. Doing yeah, it for me, yeah. dude. You're doing it for me, saving me editing costs. But um, nah. So that's fucking lit, and I love that your first steps into it was kind of on the anti-establishment and like the you know un like I don't want to say unregulated, but the decentralization of blockchain is one of the things that I love most about it. Can you kind of, in, in the most simplistic way that you can, can you kind of explain why it's outside of the market and why it is anti-establishment and, how, and what, kind of what decentralization means? Sure. Yeah, I'd be happy to. So Bitcoin's outside of the establishment, first and foremost, because it, it's a computer program. It doesn't, right. it, it doesn't um, recognize the sovereignty of um, of the United States. It doesn't recognize the personhood of, of you and me. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even know we exist and mm-hmm. it never will. So it's just a computer program that a bunch of computers run simultaneously and, uh, and then come to consensus on who owns what, like in that, in that system, um, mm-hmm. what belongs to who, who, what belongs to whom. And the exciting thing about that is uh, when it, like it got people asking the question like what is what is money and uh, like why does it have why does money have have value to begin with which isn't like a question people like ask right that mm-hmm. often right. and what what I think what people have come to the realization of is is just money is a database entry that mm. someone else keeps for you and someone else can change for you mm. and that you trust them with. And, right. um, and that's how our current system works. Like you go, you go on a website and then you're like, it says your money's there and you just trust that it's there or whatever. And um, with, with Bitcoin, you can actually, you can actually prove mathematically that it's there. And um, so you don't, you're not reliant on any third party. You're not, relying on any intermediary, any platform, any government to say that it's there. It just is. It's just in the computer program, like that everybody runs and that no single, it's not any single server has, but all the servers have. Um, so it, it's kind of, that's what I meant by it was like, a, it's, it's new construction is like, there's a way to, um, in a peer to peer fashion, like you to me, you know, um, uh, you you know many many to many to come to like an agreement on who owns what um so it's kind of good for property rights and things um right. 
but then you could also put other stuff in there. So instead of just saying like, you know, who owns what Bitcoin, you could be like, you know, who owns what identity or like, um, uh, if you, and then you, with that, you could like maybe have a different version of Facebook or, mm. or like, um, with that identity, what attributes does it have? Is it like a trustworthy identity? Is it like a identity that is, um, you know, has a bunch of black marks on it that other people say, and then it's like what's called immutable. So no individual third party can just change it willy nilly. Like mm -hmm. you can't just say, Hey, those are my Bitcoins. Not, it's like, no, it's like whoever has the private key, whoever has the password can prove it. So that gives me, that actually gives me a great transition point. So one of the things that people do argue, right, is that point that it's peer to peer, it's this decentralized market, you know, there's no middleman, but there's the hackability aspect that people say these things are like unhackable, then we see wallets getting hacked. How do you kind of navigate that space where like, you know, it's, it's supposed to be this, like, kind of unbreakable market, but then there's these hacks that happen. So it, the hacks really importantly don't happen at the crypto, the blockchain layer. Mm -hmm. They're happening on services built on top. So how you access the blockchain, um, there's a lot of businesses that allow you, that help you access crypto, right? right? There's Coinbase, there's a bunch of third party intermediaries, again, popping up that provide you a service and, and then charge you some fee for it. But you're relying on those services basically to keep your Bitcoin safe, to custody them, whatever. Um, and uh, you can get them out. You can get them out of the, the system, so to speak, um, and put them on like a wallet you hold personally. Like there's hardware wallets like Ledger. There's Ledger, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's, there's software wallets. Like, Shout out to Ledger. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you Amy. go. Continue, please. I'm sorry. <laughs> get those placements. Yeah. And, and then there's software wallets that you can just have on your computer or like, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the computer you always hook up to the internet or people right. go further and get like brand new air gap devices that never really touch the internet. Like, you know, there's lots of different things you can do there. But um, like the promise too is like self-reliance, right? In a world where like the institutions around us are failing, like um, very publicly too. Maybe they were always failing, but now that we have social media and all these things, like it's obvious that like there weren't WMDs in Iraq. Like it's obvious that the regulators and banks weren't doing a good job in 2018 or uh, 2008. Right. Like it's obvious that the pandemic could have been handled better in Western civilization. So like you can, we can all see that. Right. And so people are looking for like an arc, right. And Bitcoin's the arc um, that you can get on and still like have some sort of, um, option if 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 like you know the if a lot of things don't don't work but it's also like it's not just pessimistic it's like it's also optimistic because this is like technology it's not like gold bars like under your fucking mattress it's 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 tech that's being improved upon by like some of the smartest people in the world so um and they're continually innovating with what you can do with it so um so, you know, I'd argue it's, it's, it's optimistic in addition to being another option for people. Agreed. What are the, some of the things that you're optimistic about? Because I know, you know, for people that really get into crypto, you start finding out about things like altcoins and, you know, um, things like NFTs, some of the blockchain, like some NFTs being like a blockchain that's based around art, right? If, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, it's like basically digitalized art. Um, so what are some things that you're excited about on the blockchain beyond just Bitcoin itself? 
for sure. So there's there's a couple different things. So you mentioned you mentioned the non fungible tokens or NFTs, which are basically like you know the, it's it's just branching out from this fundamental fundamental innovation of Bitcoin, which is like you have the peer to peer ownership, um, mm -hmm. you, you have, and, and then you have digital scarcity. So like pre Bitcoin, it was like you know, um, there was a lot of different instantiations of like digital cash, but they all came back to this one problem, which was like, how do you know I haven't duplicated this digital cash? Like, how do you know Bank of America doesn't just like have a bunch of different like $100,000 accounts, but only $100,000 in the vault? Right. Um, and, and so, uh, so it kind of came up with this technical innovation, basically unlock digital scarcity. So you can prove this is the one and only version of this digital piece of artwork. That's like, and that's why you were saying, and that's like with the hacking too, right? Where it's not the blockchain itself. It's not the actual finite amount of them that's being hacked. It's the other layers, right? Yeah. Kind of on the exactly. Same okay, cool. All right. Yeah. Continue. Yeah. I just, it, it, it put together for me too. So I'm hoping that someone was listening and they needed that little, Oh, okay. All right. Now it makes sense. Yeah. 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 And, and like the NFTs though, you can also prove like, this is the only version of this song, or this is the only version of this slot, or this is like, you know, um, the only version of this piece of like this, this graphic. Um, and, uh, someone can screenshot it. Someone can like record it on their phone or whatever. But you can you can prove that you have this 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 specific this specific copy, mm. um, and so people are trying to figure out what to do with that now. That right. that's like we know that's a thing, um, and they're called non fungible because there's just one. You can't like break up a piece of art in a bunch of different pieces. So like okay, um, uh, so they're they're not fungible. Like you can't go to the nearest decimal point or whatever. So mm -hmm. people are people are grooving on those right now. NFT is definitely catching a wave and. Uh, and people are bidding them up. Like there's this new thing called hash masks, which is pretty rad. Um, you know, those are going for like, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars now. Damn. There's this N NBA top shots thing where like, you know, you, you can um, buy like specific clips of like an NBA game um, and you can prove ownership of that. Um, so, you know, it's kind of like a, a mix between a credential thing, like, hey, I was there. And then like an ownership thing of like, hey, this is this is my piece of digital art, uh, or this is my um, you know sword in a fucking video game, or this is my piece of land in like a Sims like game. Right, exactly. Let me ask you this: How are um, NFTs different than smart contracts? And so, what is a smart contract as well? If you could describe them, because I you know I don't want to say things like terms that people might not understand. Yeah. So like a smart contract is basically like a contract in code so it's like you know we write these documents that like govern a relationship between two people like hey mm -hmm. if you mow my lawn i'll give you ten dollars or whatever mm -hmm. and um uh, so in in cyberspace if somebody does something like sends you a bitcoin you can unlock uh, a will coin um and and then uh, but it's trustless like one doesn't happen without the other it's like a trustless if then statement so if this happens, then this happens. Mm -hmm. um, but you can like totally like a crazy Turing machine, you can just put a million if then statements and you start to get really crazy contraptions where you can like rebuild like the financial infrastructure through these smart contracts. So now mm -hmm. there's a lot of like another wave going on right now is called decentralized finance or DeFi. Mm -hmm. And people are basically 
um, creating money markets, lending protocols, derivatives, um, synthetic oh, yeah. stocks, like all on the blockchain and, and programming them so that you can like, you know, mathematic, again, mathematically guarantee that like the, the stuff is there. Um, and, uh, and then the interest rates are way better. So like right now cash is just like, or sorry, crypto is really hungry for dollars, like cash. So you can get like 10% in these things, um, you know, without, without blinking much of an eye, there is smart contract risk, um, that some of these, uh, programs are written with bugs in them or whatever, again, lending oh. itself to a potential hack and that happens. Um, mm. but, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, people like at the same time, it's, it's quite an opportunity, like for the unbanked or people who, who like, you know, don't have strong currencies in their country or whatever. Yeah, no question. That's kind of one of the things that I'm really excited for when it stabilizes and people can kind of really get into it and not fear these crazy volatility, right? Because like I was saying to you at the beginning, I really want people to get excited and get into it. But my fear is... Now, I think personally, and you can correct me if you think I'm wrong, I think we're at a high right now. I, I don't think we're quite at the level where people have accepted it institutionally, but I think we're the the frenzy is there, you know, like the people like you said, it's hungry for cash. I think people are funneling money in. But uh, I just I feel like we're in for another 2017. I feel like we're in for another <laughs> 20,000 to 3000. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, there's like this kind of thing where like every three or four years, there's been you know, um, a huge, a huge run up, um, like, um, like 10 X the previous high or, yeah. you know, even more, and then it falls and like 80%. And, and mm -hmm. so that's, that happened in 2013 when I got in, Yeah. right. When I got in in 2013, I bought at a thousand, I bought at 700, I bought at 600, about 500, about 400, you know, it just was falling. Um, <laughs> and can go. And then it ripped, um, yeah. like by, by 20, by 2017, like here we are at 20,000, um, yeah. on Bitcoin. Um, and then it, and then it fell back to like 3000. Right. Um, and now that's when I was are, able like, to get in a little bit, I got it at 3000 mark. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't have any left to anybody who's listening to this. Don't gamble kids. You lose your Bitcoin. <laughs> it's not the move. Yeah. yeah no internet casinos. <laughs> no. Um, and then here we are at 50,000 and like, yeah, right. the question, it's a really good question. Like, is this, um, is this the top? But it's like, if, if, you know, if I knew that, like I would, you know, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be somewhere else right now, but um, I don't like, I didn't even think we'd go this high, uh, this fast. And, but I also didn't think the government would respond to COVID by just basically printing trillions of dollars. Um, Green. And, and so when that cash is flooding the system um, and hitting people's bank accounts, it, they are wondering, um, you know, there's still the same amount of goods. Like we're still producing the same amount of iPhones. There's still the same amount of real estate, but there's like trillions and trillions of more dollars, which is like an unfathomable amount of money. You don't even think about how many zeros there are because there's so fucking many. And it's like, where is this, where is this all going to go? And, 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 and so a lot of it's found its way into Tesla stock, cryptocurrency and fucking Dogecoin. And, um, and those, those assets have done, done well in this kind of speculative mania that could continue to, to go on for, for years or, 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 or not, it could end by, by next month. Um, yeah. but at, you know, um, there's definitely a trend. There's a run up right now. I don't think there's, you know, there's, as we're on the phone, Bitcoin's like $50,000 and right. uh, the high is like 56,000. So it's not like, you know, the, you know, so we'll see. 
it is fucking nuts what we're seeing right now. And I love it. And I'm excited for, to see the future of it, but yeah, man, I'm, I'm really glad that you, that you came on and talked about it. You said that you started kind of as like a typical finance, not typical because finance, I don't think is very typical, but you started like financially, typically you're looking at stocks. Do you still kind of maneuver that market or are you just fully crypto now? Yeah, most people like who get into crypto don't really end up doing much in the stock market anymore mm. because it's just like crypto is way more volatile um, and there's a lot more inefficiencies and a lot bigger upside. So um, I stopped trading stocks pretty much when I got into, I mean, I never traded that much, but I, I like stopped paying attention basically yeah. once I got, I got more into crypto. So I, I went crypto full time in like tw uh, late 2017, early 2018. And, um, and, and basically like, yeah, the stock market. I mean, it makes the stock market look really boring. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, so you're you're speaking about like the trading of crypto, right? But you're more than just a trader at this point. You're like fully involved in, you know, the the technology and like building it forward. Is that something that you could talk about at all? Kind of the things that you're doing with with your own currencies. For sure. So, um, so yeah, I, like, so I was definitely investing and in reading and and like. Um, discussing online, right? Like with people, because um, it's one of those things where it's all all remote, all digital, and it's open source code. So like all the code in Bitcoin is auditable. Um, pe people can go read the code, um, and uh, and and the ledger is transparent. You can go look at which accounts have which Bitcoin, um, and that extends to like the community. The community is totally open source too. So I was up in like Hanover, New Hampshire, just kind of like doing, do, working, working with my brother on some, some biotech stuff and um, participating on the nights and weekends in, in different communities, um, specifically the Polkadot community. And it was so nascent and early on in that, the generation of this network, of that network, um, you know, the white paper had, had recently been written in the past year and um, they had just raised some money. And uh, because it was so small of a community at that time, I was able to stand out like, um, because I was like the only one of the only people like in the chat rooms, basically asking questions all the time. And then I got hired, like basically out, out of a chat room. So um, it wasn't like that formal of a job thing, like, you know, um, uh, or anything like that. And then I just went to, went to Berlin, went to Switzerland, started working like as a social media manager um, because like they didn't know what else to do with me basically. And, but they knew I was really pumped about Polkadot. So uh, and then I, you know, then I started running, running um, the, the communications and marketing team and then running the, the business development and team and then started doing the capital market stuff on like the, the fundraising and like the, um, you know, like figuring out how, how, like, because then we launched a $3 billion network, like, so that comes with the whole thing. Like, there's not the same infrastructure as when you IPO like a, a company where there's like market makers, exchanges, um, uh, investment banks, right? Crypto is kind of finding its way there. so. Um, so again, inefficient market, some opportunities started to come up with solutions and started hypersphere, uh, with my partner, Rob, who, who's a co-founder of Polkadot as well, just a really talented coder. And like, you know, we started to invest in company, uh, in companies building around Polkadot, um, participating in Polkadot. And, um, we just like doubled down as hard as we could into Polkadot. It's fucking badass. First of all, <laughs> let's fucking go. Uh, yeah. You guys, you guys might not know me or him personally, but yo, when your family comes out, yo, you congratulate him. Jack, let's fucking go, dude. Um, dude. So 
kind of explain a little bit. I'm just so, I'm so excited for you. I get in the way. I'll edit out a little enthusiasm. Let's fucking go, dude. Um, explain to me a little bit about why you are so excited about Polkadot. Why should we be excited about it? It was just like, um, so it was kind of, you know, backing, backing a, a like, you know, a, a horse that won. Like Gavin Wood uh, started Ethereum with Vitalik uh, Buterin. Um, and, uh, he was the guy who actually like coded it and, um, and then came up with a bunch of really important parts to Ethereum. Like for those out there that follow Ethereum, like the Ethereum virtual machine, Solidity, a smart contract, uh, like the programming language that all of these applications are built in, um, the yellow paper. So the specification of like how this whole Ethereum system works. So he was starting a new project, um, and basically, um, wanted to reimagine what Ethereum could be using latest technology. So Ethereum was like, hey, can we do this? Can we like do a pro like a like a like a programmable decentralized network where you can just pop some code on there. You can pop 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 some programs on there and it'll just run and nobody can stop it, right? Um, and what does that super- mean? What was the yeah. what were they what is that? What were they trying to make? What was Ethereum supposed to be? What is a decentralized thing that you throw a program at? Like, you know yes. what I mean? What does that mean to you? <laughs> so it's like on your, on your, on your native, like on your, on your computer at home, mm-hmm. you can run a, a program, like just yourself on your own computer. Okay. And um, that's kind of interesting. Cause maybe you can manipulate something on your local network, uh, mm-hmm. but then you can maybe connect to like people, you know, in your house or in, in your neighborhood. And then maybe you can like, you know, all share like a forum where you post stuff or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then maybe you connect more computers all over the world. Um, and then you can put applications on there. So, um, uh, so just like there's, you know, um, like a Facebook and stuff, that's just like the Facebook servers though. So instead of just the Facebook servers running the program, it's all of us running the program at the same time. Um, all the like, and we all agree about what the program is again, who owns what we own Facebook. That's what exactly. this scenario yeah. is. We all yeah. combined, everybody that's a part of Ethereum, in this case, they all own Ethereum. Yeah. Because, I mean, okay. think about it. Like, if um, why is it that um, the first Uber driver, uh, the first guy to sign up to Uber gets paid $8 for a ride? Um, and then the millionth person or the billionth person that's an Uber driver gets paid $8 a ride. Mm-hmm. Like, because the first driver was way more important to Uber than the billionth driver. Like the billionth driver is probably not adding as much value to the whole network because there's already all these drivers. But the first driver is like fucking like really critical because without him, there wouldn't have been the second or the third or the fourth. So they should participate in the upside, not just Uber. Um, and same for Facebook. Like the first person who just dumped a lot of photos on there, um, sh- those photos are worth a lot more to Facebook, the company, um, and the network because, you know, the, like, but by way of Facebook owning um, the network, mm-hmm. them as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so like, why shouldn't users participate in the upside of the value they create? Yeah. Fuck yeah. Okay, that's amazing. So you, first of all, you sold me on the whole concept behind what they were trying to, so that's what Ethereum is trying to achieve, right? And so what was it that, what was it that you saw in Gavin and Polkadot that Ethereum wasn't doing that Polkadot was? Yeah, so it was like, um, they had, um, so Ethereum was basically like a tech demo. It was like, hey, can we, can we, can this work? Like, can we mm-hmm. run this decentralized computer that we all run at the same time and put like 
serious applications on top of it, not just like a, a pinning service that says who's selling a lawnmower in the neighborhood, but like put a, a more complicated program like Uber on there. Um, that's that's um, coordinating thousands of drivers and millions of, 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 of customers. That's really complicated, right? Because uh, there's GPS, there's dispute resolution, there's like database of who all these people are, there's identity, right. there's all this stuff, right? Yeah. Um, and so that's heavy, heavy stuff to run. Um, and so you need a, you need, and that's why this is all done on centralized servers because it's way more efficient uh, and, and, and less expensive. But doing it where we're all running that program is really expensive mm. because we have to communicate with each other. Um, and uh, and that, that, takes, that takes a lot of um, co like computational resources. Um, so how do you make that efficient? Well, you, you just hopefully just use better and better technology over time. So that's what Polkadot was doing, like is, is doing now. It's like, hey, let's not use that programming language. Let's use this more efficient one. Let's not like um, use that kind of um, architecture um, let's let's maybe use use this one. So it brings it, it basically takes a step back and it's like, okay, we can do this now. Let's do it the best we can um, using the latest technologies. And um, and so that's what it is. Um, and so far, it's you know it, it's it's humming along nicely. And um, and uh, yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun. Humming along nicely is a very humble way of saying it. You guys are fucking killing it. Obviously, want to say it. You guys are fucking on it. And I, what I love most about this is that, you know, it's so fascinating and it's clearly, you know, we're going to see so many strides and so much come from it, but it's like a foreign language. Like yeah. the, when I heard you talking about what Ethereum was doing, my brain was like, what the fuck is he talking about? That's why right. I asked you, like, what does that mean? Um, how did you start? What, what was some ways for people that might be interested in? you know, getting their feet wet, just in learning the research, what would you recommend to like a beginner? Where, do, where would you start? Yeah, for sure. So um, I think there's, uh, there's a couple good resource, like, um, uh, a play, like a collection of resources on a couple different websites. One is like A16Z or Andreessen Horowitz has this crypto startup school, where they basically go to a lot of experts and each one does like a 20 minute YouTube lesson. That's all online, all open source. And then they, each of the videos have recommended readings. Nice. Um, so they take you through like crypto. Um, so I'd recommend that. Um, and then, and then there's other, like, I don't know, maybe union square ventures. Like there's a couple other VCs that have like, um, a collection of resources because you like, um, you want to get the breadth of, um, it's difficult because there's so like even in crypto you can like go down a specific rabbit hole like you were talking about nfts like i know people entrepreneurs who just focus on those digital art mm -hmm. and digital metaverses and, and communities like then i know people who only focus on finance um so you can really get and then i polka dots like low level like it's not it's it's like infrastructure for infrastructure so that's not something like grandma's going to be ever using um mm -hmm. it's the it's the the, the substrate you build applications on. So like, there's oh. all these different ways to go, you know, at it. Um, Fascinating. So like an NFT might be built on the Polkadot infrastructure. Fuck man, this is so goddamn interesting. Fuck, yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah, so Please it's continue like, though. <laughs> yeah, so you can go about, you, you know, you wanna get a breadth of just like, I think what I, I, I come at it from like the philosophy of like, you know, um, uh, like, what you know what does it what does it look like whenever the world's like um 
uh, whenever we we control our own money, we can control our own identity, um, and we like control our own like um, um, you know on like online because none of the shit we're doing online belongs to us. Like you're gonna upload right. this to fucking YouTube and, and stuff, and like they can take that down, um, and they do all the time. Um, like if, if 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 the president's getting taken off these pl- platforms, like good luck. Yeah, um, no bullshit so, though. So we're trying to create create um, new. We're trying to create the arc, right? As 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 these as the as like these these uh, countries get more and more um, uh, authoritarian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I'm really excited because mainly because of the decentralization of it, right? Like even as you were describing it, it's very communist, like it's kind of very co-op-y, you know, like everybody owns, everyone owns partnership. And like, it's different than communism because it's not all even, you can have, you can have more ownership, but that's just based on, like you said, if you get in earlier, you're more fundamental to the growth of it. It's necessary to sustain it. So you should be paid more. And honestly, like it makes perfect sense. Yeah. And, but the thing is like, you know, it's, but like there's this, there's this metric called the Gini coefficient that measures the inequality in society at any given time um and like whenever you have like suit like leverage right um in any system it the gini coefficient gets worse like there's more inequality so new technologies lead to a lot of inequality um and so like you know just look at fucking silicon valley right like you just have you know bajillionaires now so Yeah. yeah um and that's because they're able to build something like Zuckerberg's able to build something that, uh, you know, 3 billion people use, like, that's pretty powerful. Like how often can you build something 3 billion people use every day? Yeah, um, that's a good point. And, and, and so that, that, that wealth all goes to, to a single place. So like, um, crypto is, is interesting because like it, it, there is inequality. Um, the Gini coefficient's worse than society, um, because, uh, it's still so early and, um, the people the inequality who got in, earth- in crypto is worse than society. Yeah, if, if crypto oh. was society um, today, yeah. as the Gini coefficient stands now, it would be uh, not a great place to live. Mm-hmm. Um, but the as the um, prices keep going up, people are compelled to sell. And so mm-hmm. people are selling on the way up um, because they're like, you know, I used to have a bunch of Bitcoins and now I don't have as many. I used to have a bunch of ETH and I sold those and like, yeah. and now I have a bunch of dots and like I've been selling those, right? Mm-hmm. So like, as, 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 as things go up, like people naturally sell them off. Um, so a lot of the people who got into Bitcoin in like 2010, mm. like don't have really any Bitcoins left. Mm. Um, but th- back then they had literally truck tons of Bitcoins, like thousands for, and, and now if you have a thousand, like, you know, the, like, people are like saying the three comma club's cool, like being a billionaire, but in crypt, like if you have one comma, you have over a thousand Bitcoin, like that's the new, that's the new, that's the new three commas. That is so badass. You're just sitting on a thousand Bitcoin. Yeah. <laughs> one day, one day. Oh man. I'm really, I'm really grateful for you coming on, man. I I, I want to wrap it up because I know you got to get out of here soon. I want to thank you again, but I have some very standard questions I'd love to ask you. The first one being, man, everyone's given words of wisdom along the way in life. What are some words of wisdom that have been told to Jack Class to help inform you, whether it be business or just life? Or both. Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. I mean, there's definitely too many to like, to, 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 to know which ones like have stood up the most, but I think like, just read books, 
like just fucking spend 20 minutes a day like reading a book um that's not like um you know necessarily the best sellers but just something you're interested in um and and that'll go that'll like that adds up over time um so that was the best decision i ever made was just like starting to read a lot more um and and then you can leave live many lives uh through through reading that's fucking badass I was going to ask you what your words of wisdom would be. Yeah, actually, I'm going to ask it anyway, man. If you were going to give words of wisdom from yourself, you've given ones that you learned from books, like that learning is good. What if someone came to you and they're like, Jack, you're looking 30 years from now. You're 30 years in the future. You're living on an island. I'm coming through. I got the tiki cups. I'm on my <laughs> island. I come through, kick it on yours. And, I'm, and you're, we're watching this and you're like, damn, that was some wise ass shit I said. What would you want to impress yourself with 30 from years from now? What would the Jack class, where's the wisdom be? Like what, what, what I would tell if I was like way younger, tell my younger self. Yeah, exactly. Shit. Yeah. Um, like, Inspiring words to an up and coming young Jack Platts. I think, I think just good, like, I think just going for it, like maybe not taking the game so seriously. Mm. So pick which game you want to play and then just like, don't, don't, don't stress out about it. Cause it's just a game. Like if you're going to play the money game, like just, just play it like, and, and have fun doing it. If you're going to play like the, the building a business game, like just, just play that. Um, and, and know that there's going to be like, you know, it's waves like the waves are going to crash on you and you can either like fight it and like get dragged under into a riptide or you could just like just go with it and um know that you know there's going to be another set so you better get used to it um yeah just go with the waves man that was a fucking god damn it dude that was so sick jack thank you so much man this has been so goddamn lit you're you're the man i wish you all the success with your company We'll make sure to put it in the description so people can learn about it. But uh, stay diligent, everybody. Invest with some with some research. Don't just throw money at shit, but definitely check that shit out. It sounds mad interesting. Thanks, Will. Thanks for having me on. It was a pleasure. Dude, all right.